This radio show is a paid placement. It's time for Retirement 360 with Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. Your retirement coaches at Mercurio Wealth Advisors. Alan and Troy's team helps with the X's and O's of your financial plan, helping to make sure you have the winning playbook before the clock runs out on your working years. So let's drop the puck, break the huddle, and tip things off. This is Retirement 360 with Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. Welcome. You're listening to Retirement 360 with your retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. They're financial advisors with Mercurio Wealth Advisors. And for the next hour, we're going to talk about money, but we're going to have a little fun with it. You know, it's Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about holiday spending and making a budget for Christmas and what's the appropriate amount to spend. And we'll have some fun with it. But if you have a comment for the show or you want to contact uh, the coaches at their day job, 502 502- 273-1188 or go to Louisville's retirementcoach.com. I want to start with you, Alan. How much is an appropriate amount to spend here on Black Friday weekend for Christmas? Is it a percentage <laughs> amount? Is it a dollar amount? I'm sure it's different from person to person, but do you have some yeah. sort of rule of thumb so I don't crush myself with spending? Well, I think you just have to be aware of what you are spending. I mean, it's so easy to go overboard for Christmas. I mean, especially if you got grandkids, you're significant others out there buying and you're buying and and next thing you know you've bought you know each grandchild 500 or a thousand dollars worth of stuff <laughs> and you just have to be careful about it the thing is and troy can speak to this too is that you know most of the kids don't need anything they got so much stuff nowadays anyway i know my <laughs> grandkids have so many toys and they've got a whole room that's dedicated to nothing but toys and the last thing they need is another riding toy that that the mom or dad's got to put together in the middle of the night or whatever but but yeah, I mean, I think you just have to be sensible about it and just communicate with each other, make sure that you're not overspending. But I, I think a rule of thumb, I mean, what we try to do here is if we can keep it to $100 per kid or, or something like that, I'd rather see people put money into a you know a future education fund for them or something like that. I know that kind of sounds self-serving for us, but I think it's so important to make sure with the cost of college and the cost of the future going up every day. I think it's important to, you know, get them something that they can enjoy now, but also get them something they can enjoy later. Troy, do you have any rules of thumb that you use for how much to spend on Christmas gifts? No, my wife does all the shopping, unfortunately. Um, The thing that's really hard to not keep control of, but think about when you were shopping, I guess, Alan, when you all had kids, Leanne would go to the store. You would know how much she got when she showed up at the house because she has a car full of gifts or whatever. Now it's very hard to keep track because everything you do is online. Not everybody's going to the store and doing all your shopping anymore. So really, I don't know what all my wife buys for a week or so until everything starts showing up at the house. And I'm like, holy crap, our kids are one and three. Why are we buying so much? But no, there's not a, like Alan said, with our kids, they have what they need. And we have to really, just for other people to buy, we have to give them a list. And we actually did something pretty cool this year. Um, I told my wife, if we are buying toys, if we're asking other people to buy toys for them, then our kids get to go through their stuff that they currently have and pick out toys that they want to donate to other people. So we can kind of purge what we have, donate that to somebody else that needs toys for the holidays, and they can get stuff from other people. See, I I love the divide we have here because I'm in Troy's camp where my kids are still pretty young. And then Alan has older kids. And I just wonder how the rules are going to change when I have grandkids, because my temptation to spend money on my kids is there. But also the discipline is there because, you know, I don't want to spoil them or they've already Mm -hmm. had enough or I'll just get something smaller. But I feel like that discipline is going to be a lot softer with my grandkids. And I'm just going to throw stuff at them, maybe to their detriment. What's it been? uh, you heard Alan, not to interrupt you, James, but you heard Alan say that maybe spend $100 on your kids. He cannot look me in the eye and say that's what he would spend on his grandkids. Because I know for a fact. That's what that I would spend. That's what I would <laughs> well, spend. Well, Leanne, that's Leanne's going to blow that out of the water. But but yeah, I mean, I think that you have to. Yeah, we want to do whatever we can for our grandkids, especially. And you, you guys will realize that later in life as the kids grow older, you'll find out that, you know, you want to spoil the grandkids. But again, the reality is, is that they've got so much stuff, but I, 
you just have to be sensible about it and make sure that you're not going to wake up on January 10th and start receiving Macy's bills or credit card bills from from wherever and you know that you're not going to be able to pay and that's the thing that I see so many especially younger parents going through where they will uh overspend and then they just regret it for the first four or five months of the year trying to catch up and it's tough so you don't want to don't want to put yourself in that position yeah you definitely don't want to put yourself behind on the expense part of it but there's also a lot of other stuff that you can do instead of buying your kids stuff, there's experiences. That's something that we started with our oldest um, a few years ago, going to Opryland Hotel, which is down in Nashville. They do a big Christmas thing. So going down there and kind of celebrating Christmas, just us as a family is a pretty cool thing. So that experience does more than any toy would do, honestly. Oh, I love experience gifts. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, since it's Black Friday weekend, Christmas shopping and what's financially appropriate for this, which can be pretty dangerous for a lot of people's finances here. I'm talking to the retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. I'm James Parker, 502-273-1188 or Louisville's retirementcoach.com. Look, for a lot of people, it's been a really tight year and maybe they don't have the money that they would like to spend on Christmas. And so they're thinking about putting it on a credit card. Is going into debt to buy Christmas presents, is that a complete no-no or is it okay if you keep it to a reasonable amount? What's your rule on that, Alan? Well, again, I think you just have to keep it to a reasonable amount and make sure that you can you know, meet those obligations when they come due. The challenge with doing anything on credit, and everybody knows this, is that you're kind of subject to the fees and the percentage that the credit card company is going to charge you. And, and usually when you're buying on credit, you're in that 14, 15, 18% interest rate. And if, if you're not able to pay that off every month, then it becomes almost impossible to pay it off with minimum payments. And then the next thing you know, you end up with a credit card problem that you have to, you know, either take a line of credit out on your house or something like that to, to get it back in line. And then by the time you do that, it's Christmas again and you're starting all over. So you just have to be careful about putting too much on there and going overboard. And it's easy to do during the holidays. It's easy to, you know, go out to dinner an extra time or two. You know, do something for family members that you've always wanted to do. And you just think, oh, I can pay for that in January or February or whatever. But be sensible. That's the best, best advice I can give you now. Well, I like Troy's idea of the experience presence. But I found something that's been a little bit useful here in the uh, modern age for figuring out presence, especially for your spouse. Because women and, and husbands, they don't communicate with each other on these presents. They kind of like to make each other guess what you want. And so you could take a lot of that guesswork out if you go through, like if your wife has a Pinterest page, go look at some of the stuff she's pinned up on her wall. Or if she does have an Amazon account or a Wish account, sometimes they have a Wish list, like whether you can kind of put things that you want to the side, you know, not save it in your cart, but save it to your Wish list. And so I've trolled my wife's Wish list and scored some brilliant gifts over the last like five or so years. And uh, Mm -hmm. I just want to throw that out, but also ask, do y'all have any tips on how to get like the perfect gift? For a spouse or a family member? The perfect gift. Is there a such thing? (laughs) You won't like my method. My method is what do you want? Go ahead and text me. (laughs) Give me a list. I kind of treat it like I did with my parents when I was little is I would give them a list. Um, There's always something that I do that she has no clue about. Mine's usually some type of building furniture, building something from the kids, so usually a handmade project that I do, that's the surprise gift that she has no clue about. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's like, oh, thanks. But <laughs> it's always something that I feel like I try to spend more time on and do it myself instead of just buying something that she wants. Yeah, well, what- I think that the uh, something that, that I've tried to do over the years and I've not got or I've kind of gotten away from it, which is sad to say I need to get back to it, is just to try to be a little bit more thoughtful as to what I'm getting. And Leanne and I don't exchange a lot of gifts anymore because we we do, you know, throughout the year, we can get what we want to as we need to. But the idea of having something that surprises her is what I've always tried to do. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be something really small, something that she's made a comment about in passing. If we're traveling somewhere, I try to pick something up or whatever, but something that's just kind of... uh, 
like Troy said, just a surprise, something that's not going to be the normal stuff. And obviously nowadays with uh, Amazon, you got to ca- kind of be careful if you're buying something on Amazon, they can always look in your cart and find out what you, you have to delete your history. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's funny because we seem to have trouble going out and buying gifts for other people. But, you know, guys in our position, people have a hard time buying gifts for us. We're the breadwinners. If we want something, we usually go out and get it. And, you know, if you're the guy that the rest of your family's asking money for, it makes it kind of hard for them to get some sort of big, awesome, special gift for you. So I like to try and give drop hints, just drop big bomb hints on what I want for Christmas. And guys like us are real easy to buy for. You don't have to go big at all. If your dad or your husband or, you know, your brother is into golf, go get him a box of golf balls. You don't have to go get him some fancy $1,000 golf balls. You can just go get him some normal. He'll be fine. He'll take him to the driving range. He'll enjoy it. If he's into bourbon, go get him a bourbon. Don't go get him the yes. regular stuff. Go to, go to like the top shelf. You know, get one of them fancy looking bottles that has some weird design that he would buy all the time if, if it wasn't such an absolute waste of money. But it's that's the kind of treat that I'm looking for. Whatever the guy's into, just go get it. Troy, Alan, what's your advice for people buying for you? Well, yeah, I think that the main thing that I want to pass on today is, I mean, if you're if you're sitting here listening to our rambling about holiday gifts and stuff, I think if you're truly wanting to get your spouse something that will mean something, what we've done for the last several years is we've run our Black Friday sale on the day after Thanksgiving to make sure that we can actually help folks put together a plan for their retirement. So I think to me, if my wife was really wanting to surprise me, I'd want to know that she was on board with the planning that we've already done and that that we're all on the same page. And so what we are offering everybody that's listening today is really an opportunity to sit down with a qualified advisor that can help them map out their strategy for retirement to get a plan for 2022 and beyond to make sure that you're going to be on target for retirement. We've called this our bundle package in the past where there's several reports together. We'd like to offer that again for you today. If you'd like to give us a call at 502-273-1188, that's our number to reach us and John can take the call and set up a time for us to talk. Or you can go to our website, louisvilleretirementcoach.com and and request a meeting with one of our advisors and and sit down and, and go through this and get your year started off right after the holidays. Nothing better for Christmas than security and going through our process definitely gets you that security that you're looking for. All right, we're talking with our retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. They're with Mercurio Wealth Advisors. If you got a comment for the show, 502-273-1188 or go to louisvillesretirementcoach.com. I'm James Parker. This is Retirement 360. When you crash your car, you get it fixed. When your computer crashes, you get a new one. But what will you do if you've been saving in a 401k and the market crashes? If you're in your 30s or 40s, you'll be just fine. But if you're in or near retirement, you could be in trouble. Louisville's retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton at Mercurio Wealth Advisors are here to help. They'll create a retirement 360 degree game plan to see if you're taking on too much risk. Don't let the market control you or your retirement dreams. Call 502-273-1188 today to schedule your visit with Louisville's retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. That's 502-273-1188. Crashes happen. Are you ready? Mercurio Wealth Advisors, 502-273-1188. Investment advisory services offered through Mercurio Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through Mercurio Insurance Services. Call now to schedule a visit and get started on your Retirement 360 game plan. 502-273-1188. That's 502-273-1188. Hey there, you're listening to Retirement 360 with your retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. They're with Mercurio Wealth Advisors. If you have a question for the guys, 502-273-1188. It could be for the show or if you want to go ahead and get in touch with them at the office and get the ball rolling on uh, what they do at their day job at Mercurio Wealth Advisors, 502-273-1188. Or the website is louisvillesretirementcoach.com, louisvillesretirementcoach.com. And guys, when you were growing up, did you ever have a hard time respecting your elders' strict rules? You know, I don't know if it was an aunt, uncle, grandparent, but we all had those. And respecting your elders' wishes is something that's been just driven into us from day one. 
And it's something that we need to hold with us as we're thinking about these legacies in a retirement plan. Talk about respecting your elders and how that translates. That same mindset gets put to use at Mercurial Wealth Advisors. Well, I think that the process that we've developed over the last several years has really honed in on part of that because we want to make sure that we're getting our clients to get with an attorney to uh, make sure that their will, their trust, and all their documents are all in order so that they can, if something happens to them, that their wishes are going to come through. So again, our process just has our clients meeting with an attorney to find out what those wishes are to honor those and put them in place so that when they're gone, everything is automatic. Yeah, I guess when I look at this and respecting elders, strict rules, when I think about my childhood, when you say respect elders, I think of my neighbor, um, grew up on a farm. She she was what half mile away. Her grandson was one of the only kids on the whole street. So we were best friends by default on that. And her rules were extremely strict. And she came from old school. If you didn't follow them, you had to go pick your own switch. So she made you follow her rules. Um, <laughs> when we look at like estate planning, the conversation from, let's say the elders, a lot of older parents or grandparents at this point don't communicate. They're not as open financially with their kids as they should be. They're not having those conversations. So a lot of times when, let's say my grandmother right now is 89 years old and she is struggling with dementia and Alzheimer's. So I don't think she truly conveyed her wishes when she did remember what was going on and when she was of sound mind. So now it's really hard to try to make these decisions for her because you don't really know what she wanted. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that's the consequences of not communicating. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, I guess the great generation was the ones that really kind of kept things close to the vest and they didn't, I mean, I remember dad, I mean, he wouldn't talk about anything. He didn't, we didn't know whether he had $10 or $10 million. It didn't matter. It, when he passed away, it was all kind of, that's when we started finding out everything. And that's not a good way to leave things and to, and to get what you want. I mean, you, if you have certain goals and certain things that you want to accomplish, if you're trying to, protect a child or a grandchild, maybe even from themselves from spending too much or, or having a, a chunk of money fall in their lap. There are ways to do that. And I just always go back to this. One of our attorneys that we work with says it's either the plan you put together or it's the plan the government puts together for you. So do you really want the government putting together a plan to distribute your assets after you're gone? And the answer should be no, because that's not going to ever turn out the way you want it to turn out. No, and never does. And usually everybody thinks that they have a great family dynamic, that everybody gets along until something happens. And then you really see how people can fight and how money might be able to tear people apart in their relationships. So the only way for you to really kind of take that control from them or to take any of their opinions or own personal beliefs out is just make the decision for them while you're still here and going through the planning process with a qualified attorney just makes sense. Well, in y'all's experience, are, are people generally aware how much planning is involved in fulfilling all these dying wishes? No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, the general thought or consensus, I think that, that we see or I see most of the time is that most folks feel like if they've got a will, then they're protected and that they've got they've done all they need to do if they've got a will. And sometimes that will may be 20 years old and they haven't updated it, you know, since 1999 or whatever. And they feel like it's that they're all done. And the thing that we remind folks every time we meet with them is that you're just like Troy just said, I mean, family dynamics change. And I don't care who you are or where you come from. Uh, you may think that, oh, I, you know, it'll never happen to me. It'll never happen to our family. But guess what? It, it does. It just happens. And so you just have to make sure that as things happen through life, that you stay on top of it. It's no different than your financial plan, your investment plan, your your income plan. You, you want to make sure that you're staying on top of it. And every couple of years or maybe every three years, meeting with that attorney, making sure that you remember how you set it up and, oh, did I, did I include the new grandbaby or 
how does that work and just staying on top of it. There's, and there's different rules that change throughout the time. So if a new law is passed, you want to be aware of that and how does that affect your current will, your current trust, and just be proactive instead of uh, reactive. All right, you're listening to Retirement 360. That's Alan Mercurio, one of your retirement coaches. The other guy you're hearing giving us some great financial advice is Troy Bolton. If you have a question for the show or for Mercurio Wealth Advisors in the office, it's the same phone number, 502-273-1188, or go to louisvillesretirementcoach.com. I guess this was going to be for Troy. What happens? What happens if you just say, I'm not going to do an estate plan. I'm not going to do any of this legacy planning stuff. I don't want to gather documents. I don't want to talk to a lawyer. I don't want to spend the money. So what happens if you die with nothing? Well, in the state of Kentucky, it's you die intestate. Basically, it means you die without a will or an invalid will. And then you fall, like Alan said, to the Kentucky default plan, which, to be honest, guys, it's not a pretty sight. If you think about it, the Kentucky default plan, most people, when we talk about this in our dinner presentation, this is where you start to see the eyes kind of pop open. They're like, holy cow, this is really what happens. Because look at it this way. If you die without a will and you go to probate, your spouse can first get 50% of the assets. Then the other 50% goes to your children. If you don't have children, it goes to your parents. If you don't have children or parents, then it can go to your siblings. If you don't have any three of those, then your spouse gets the other 50%. So think about that. Your spouse is fourth in line for the full 100% of your assets if you don't have proper planning set up. Doesn't just about everybody want all of it to go to the spouse? Most people do. That's yeah. like the default setting. That's that's what my default setting is. I just wonder if that's universal. I think most people assume that that's just what happens because, hey, we're married. They own half my assets that I pass away. They're going to get everything. But that's not the case here in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. And you know what, James? I mean, you, you might think that you've done everything right and you still end up in trouble. I'll give you a quick story. When we started working with uh, one of our attorneys, he was talking about this in one of the dinner presentations. The first time I heard it was actually at a dinner presentation. I'm sitting in the back of the room. I'm, I came specifically, this was a different person's seminar, and I came specifically to hear the attorney speak to see if it was somebody I wanted to work with. And he brought this up about Kentucky's default plan. And afterwards, I recalled a story that I had, or not a story, but it was something that had truly happened to me that a few years before that, my wife and I had taken our first cruise. And she went to get her passport like she was supposed to. And, and me being a man procrastinated to the last minute to go get my passport. So to work through that, at that time, they allowed us to get on the ship with our birth certificate and our driver's license. They don't do that anymore. So I had to go to Frankfurt and get my birth certificate. And my name's Donald Allen Mercurio. And I spell my name A-L-A-N or spell Allen A-L-A-N. And when I got my birth certificate, it was spelled A-L-L-E-N. And first I felt felt like I was uh, duped by my parents because I've been going through life with the, the wrong spelling of my name all this time. Your whole life's then, a lie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but then the, after the, the meeting and I was talking with the attorney, I, I brought this up to him and said, hey, could this be a problem with me? And he said, well, absolutely, because your will is going to be invalid because your name is spelled wrong. So thinking that you have everything in place, you could have something like a typo in your will, your name misspelled or something like that. Honestly, folks, have you sat down and read your will word for word? Probably not. And if you haven't, or if you, you know, in my situation, had a birth certificate that had your name spelled incorrectly, or you've been spelling it incorrectly all your life, that would have invalidated my will. That would have made my wife fourth in line. And I'm telling you, she would not have been happy. So just having a, a process where you check all of those things, check all the boxes, go back through the process and just make sure that it's all right. Who do you trust with this job, putting together your will and your estate plan? Do you have to go to a lawyer? Can you go to maybe a family member who really knows what he's talking about? Do we go to you guys? How does that work? What we've trust. done over the past 30 years is create basically a place where our clients can go to here in our office and get help with pretty much anything dealing with retirement. We have CPAs that we work with. We have attorneys that we vet, that we trust, that we use for estate planning. So we try to provide that for our clients. That way they don't have to go out and search for people or do it online themselves or use a family friend. Yeah. And I think that you have to be careful about making sure that you're using somebody that is qualified. 
And and I don't mean that to be harsh, but I, I know there are attorneys that specialize in divorce. There's attorneys that specialize in other areas of the law, but estate planning is a part of the law that is very specialized, very specific, that you have to make sure that you're staying on top of the rules and regulations that go along with that. So you want to make sure that you have somebody that is qualified to do that. To answer your question, James, I think it's, and to kind of carry on what Troy was saying, is that we've already vetted the attorneys that we work with. Now, you're not working with them for us to get paid by because we don't share in any fees or anything like that. They're just strategic partners that we've worked with. So you're working directly with a an attorney in their law firm. You're paying them whatever fees they're charging. But we know that it works with the plan that we've created so that your plan is all buttoned up and, and working the way you want it to work. All right, we're talking with the retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. They're financial advisors with Mercurio Wealth Advisors. If you have a question for the guys, maybe you want to uh, talk to them in the office or maybe just a question for the show, 502-273-1188. You can also go to louisvillesretirementcoach.com. That's the website where you can keep up with them at their uh, day job. Or also, every once in a while, they do these public speaking events, and you can find them there on the events tab. We'll be right back with more Retirement 360. Twenty twenty two will be here before you know it. Act now to make beneficial financial moves before December thirty first. Call Louisville's retirement coach today, 502-273-1188. Hey there, you're listening to Retirement 360 with your retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. I'm James Parker. You're gonna to want to listen to these guys. They're financial advisors with Mercurio Wealth Advisors. And uh, we're gonna be talking about something that uh, you know, we had a little fun with the the beginning of the show, but we're gonna get serious here because uh there's a problem that I'm concerned about, and it's elder abuse. Mickey Rooney, Stan Lee, Zsa Zsa Gabor, they're all victims of elder abuse. According to the World Health Organization, the global population of people aged 60 years and older could more than double to about 2 billion people by the year 2050. So what can we do to make sure that we don't become victims of elder abuse in retirement? Alan, where do we even start with that? Well, we've been talking about how to put together a plan. And as we talk about every week on the show, we talk about putting together a, the Retirement 360 game plan, which includes the income plan, the investment plan, the tax map, and then also the estate plan. And the estate plan, I think, is what we've really focused on more today is really how do you make sure that once you either get to a point where you can't make decisions on your own, or you pass away, how do you make sure that your wishes are going to be acted on and followed through on the way you want them to? And I think that's where we kind of end up with this topic too, as far as elder abuse. I mean, you know, I want to make sure that as we put together a plan, one of our steps is that we usually suggest, and it doesn't always happen, but we suggest a family meeting after putting this all together. Why would you do that? I mean, it's the simple thing of communicating your wishes to everybody, just letting them know. Yeah, now that doesn't mean you have to share all the numbers. If you're, if you like to keep those numbers a little bit closer to the vest, and you don't want to kind of share all your wealth with your family right yet, or you don't want them to know exactly, which a lot of folks are like that, you can still let them know what you're trying to accomplish. And I think it's critical to to really get these this information out prior to maybe your seventies, because things start to happen. You start to forget things. You start to not really have clear thoughts in some cases. So I think putting it all down on paper and and then communicating it with your kids is one of the steps that we would recommend. Yeah. Clear communication is always important, but something I also think about when you talk about elder abuse, James, is just a lot of people in their even mid sixties to seventies being taken advantage of. I know a lot of situations where I've spoke to prospective clients that have came in here And they've told me of other situations that they've ran into with other advisors that they felt pressured that during the first meeting they were coming in, they were trying to have them sign stuff, go ahead and transfer money over. We have a proven process that we've developed to try to make everybody that comes through our office feel extremely comfortable to walk you through a process. We're not trying to force you to do something. We're trying to walk you down a path and that path is retirement and trying to make sure you understand what's going on so you can make a clear decision that you're comfortable with. 
All right, we're talking with Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. This is Retirement 360, 502-273-1188 or Louisville's retirementcoach.com. All right, here's another problem that we're uh, looking at with elder abuse. This statistic, almost 60% of elder abuse and neglect incidents happen from a family member. The perpetrator of the elder abuse is a family member. Two-thirds of them are adult children and their spouses. That's sad. Like, you can't even trust your own family to not abuse you in your old age. Who should be involved? How do you properly vet these people? And, and how do you work this all this into an estate plan or a legacy plan? Well, I, I think part of the issue there is, in many cases, if the, the whole family is not involved, then a lot of times it, it falls on one family member to take care of an aging parent. And this is actually happening in my family. My sister has been really the one that stepped up and decided to take care of my mom that's now 89 years old. I can just see that where it could be difficult to live with somebody that has dementia, that has that is losing track of things and and how you can become frustrated and how you could be I don't will say driven to abuse, but where you're left to do this all on your own, it can be stressful and cause you issues that, that maybe somebody from the outside may not see. So I think, again, making sure that the family is involved as, as much as possible and trying to share that burden as much as you can. And again, I'm speaking from experience because I'm not doing that very well myself as a son uh, and helping my sister, but we try to do what we can. Yeah, I think it goes back to that communication. Having that communication before you kind of get to that point is necessary. It has to happen. Um, I think, like Alan said, the whole family does have to be involved. People need help. Even if somebody is taking the full, I guess, grunt of taking care of that parent, they need help too. There's times where, you know, they need to get out. They need to live their own life a little bit. So that clear communication, that help, you need to have that plan for ahead of time, way ahead of time. Another thing I'm concerned about is social isolation, because it's one thing if you're sort of isolating yourself from a mental impairment like dementia or Alzheimer's, you know, that's that's almost, you know, expected. But uh, whether it is social isolation voluntarily or you're forced into it from some sort of mental condition, that seems like one of the big factors that makes elders susceptible to abuse. So let's talk about that. Is, Is there something we can do to prevent social isolation among retirees? Well, one of the, well, actually two of our clients that I'm just working with right now, working through some of these questions have come to me with kind of a solution that I had kind of overlooked over the years that uh, I think is really brilliant. And not everybody's going to agree with this and because it's going to take some internal fortitude to actually pull this off. But uh, as one couple specifically has decided that they've, you know, at age 75 and she's 72, I think, they've decided to sell their house. They have two condos. They're selling their condos. They're using proceeds from the condos to move into an assisted living facility. And this assisted living facility is like a resort. I mean, it's they've got activities every day. They've got things for you to do. They've got socialization with other people your own age. But they also have the healthcare facility so that if something happens to you or something happens to your spouse, that you can basically age in place and you don't have to worry about doing that. So I think as much as we don't want to think about changing our lifestyle as we get older, I think this is a a great lesson that I'm learning from one of my clients is that if you can be proactive and you can accept that this is going to happen to all of us at some point, and you can arrange your finances to do this, then it's probably a good idea to start looking at maybe changing that. And and this couple that I'm talking about, they are still super active. They go to Key West every year. They travel all over the place. And their thoughts were, you know, it's just easier. They don't have to worry about when they leave. They don't have to worry about somebody watching the condo or taking care of things or or anything. It's, they're just walking out of their assisted living place. And when they come back, their lifestyle is right there where they left it. So I think that's a great way to for all of us to kind of take a lesson. Now, you may not be able to do it 
in that style or whatever, or that fashion, but it, it's something to that nature. I think is if we can at least, you know, put that in place or some form of that in place, I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off of your family and the ones that are trying to take care of you. Yeah. I think what I encourage my clients to do is just stay involved, whether it's join something like Alan's talking about, or just having your own social group, just staying involved. We do a lot of client events, which is pretty cool for us because we get to introduce a lot of people that might not have met without us introducing them. And we've helped create a lot of friendships throughout that because it's a lot of people that are at the same stage of life and they get along pretty well. So we try to keep them as involved as possible socially. But that's typically the hardest thing I see. I mean, when I think about social isolation, I just think how I feel in the winter when it's really cold outside and you're not doing a lot. You're going to work. You're going home. It's dark when you leave. It's dark when you get home. I mean, that itself is a little depressing. So getting up in age and I guess losing friends, losing stuff like that, it can get a little bit more depressing because you don't have that social network. So that's what you really need to do is stay involved and keep active. All right. One, one more thing I'm worried about when I put together my estate plan, I'm going to have a nice little pile of money to live off of, and hopefully I'll be able to leave some of it behind to my kids. But then I see stats like uh, Fidelity announced that the average 65-year-old couple can expect to spend $300,000 on health care and retirement. And that's not even including long-term care costs. So even if I have this you know, estate plan and a nice little cushion of money, and I have my uh, my will and everything worked out. If I have to dip into all my assets just to get by on my medical costs, well, how does that affect the estate plan? Do I have to just start all over from scratch? Well, that is a huge problem. I mean, if you if you look at that number, three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, heck, some of the folks that we meet with may not have saved that much in their lifetime, or maybe that's a, a third or a fourth of the money that you have saved. So, can you imagine that going into retirement now thinking? oh my gosh, I've got to spend a third of my money on health care. And that doesn't even include long-term care costs, according to Fidelity study. So yeah, it can be a huge problem. You, that's why you want to make sure that you, again, update your plans every year. You're looking at your, you know, right now, I think we're still in the open enrollment period for Medicare. So the options are changing and things like that are are available. So if you, you know, just got a plan or you had a plan for the last year and it's time to meet with somebody. And again, what we've tried to do through our process is just align ourselves with strategic partners over the years that specialize in different areas. It's hard to specialize in everything, but by building a process that we call the Retirement 360 Game Plan, that's what it's all about, folks, is it really encompasses everything that you need to think about during retirement. We've tried to put everything in place, whether it be healthcare, long-term care, estate planning, tax planning, investment planning, obviously, uh, income planning, all of this is provided for our clients by going through a process, a process that we've honed over the last 30 years to really help you put it all down on paper and understand where you are. So if you'd like to give us a call, you can give us a call at 502-273-1188. We'd love to sit down with you uh, before the end of the year or, or get you started at the first of the year to get a plan on paper for you to make sure that you're on track. You may have a plan that you think is covering all the bases, and it may be covering all the bases, but why not get it checked out? That's an opportunity to do it at no cost. So give us a call at 502-273-1188. All right, that's Alan Mercurio, your retirement coach. The other retirement coach you're hearing here is Troy Bolton. I'm James Parker. This is Retirement 360. When you crash your car, you get it fixed. When your computer crashes get a new one. But what will you do if you've been saving in a 401k and the market crashes? If you're in your 30s or 40s, you'll be just fine. But if you're in or near retirement, you could be in trouble. Louisville's retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton at Mercurio Wealth Advisors are here to help. They'll create a retirement 360 degree game plan to see if you're taking on too much risk. Don't let the market control you or your retirement dreams. Call 502-273-1188 today to schedule your visit with Louisville's retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. That's 502-273-1188. Crashes happen. Are you ready? Mercurio Wealth Advisors, 502-273-1188. 
Investment advisory services offered through Mercurio Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through Mercurio Insurance Services. Do you know how inflation could affect your retirement savings? The Retirement 360 Roadmap could provide some answers. Call for a complimentary visit now. 502-273-1188. That's 502-273-1188. Hey there, you're listening to Retirement 360 with your retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. They're financial advisors with Mercurio Wealth Advisors. If you have a question for the show or you want to contact them at the office, 502 502- 273 1188 502-273-1188, or the website is com. All right, Alan and Troy get questions each and every week about all things retirement and financial related, so let's go through our Retirement 360 mailbag and answer some of these questions. Here's our first one. Alan, we're getting divorced after almost 30 years of marriage. I've been working outside the home for the last five years, so I'm happy to have work friends and some income of my own but I really feel like I'm just starting all over and I don't know what questions to ask first. What are some things I should consider when planning for my future? Uh, well, first of all, I'm very sorry that, that this is happening to you and uh, hopefully it's a new start and a new beginning for you that is wanted. And you know, again, my, uh, I guess my, I know heart 30 years, that's so sad, isn't it? 30 yeah, my years. my heart goes out to you for 30 years. I mean, that's tough. But I think that the first thing is, is it says that you're getting a divorce. So I assume from your, your note here that uh, it's not finalized. And if it's not, I would say just make sure that you don't just walk away because of emotions. I'm, I hear that a lot of times as I'll hear somebody just say, you know, I'm tired of it. I'm just getting out of this thing. I'm just you can have it. I'm just done. And they just try to, they throw their hands up and and try to walk away from it. That can be detrimental to your future, to your retirement. Make sure that you're trying to put together a plan for yourself without having a whole lot of specifics here. It's hard to give you any kind of solid information, but I would say just to reach out to the office and sit down with uh, one of us to go through what your specifics are and get something down that a path that you can follow because it's you've invested 30 years into this and again if you walk away from it there's things that you could you know create heart, more hardship for you in the future just by not looking at what options you have right now all right troy i want you to do the next one here this is from the mailbag my wife and i have started having some serious discussions about what we want to do in retirement i've had to travel for work for years so i just wanted some peace and quiet and time to go fishing My wife stayed home and raised our two sons, and she's been telling all our friends about all the places we're going to go once I retire. I'm done traveling for good, but I don't know how to tell her. Now what? Huh. That's a tough one. Actually, I'm kind of going through this with a couple that I have as clients because he did work for 30 years for the same company and did a lot of traveling to a local utility company. So did a lot of traveling out of state. Um, would stay for weeks on end to work in different areas. And they're in the same situation. She wants to travel. She is traveling. But I always refer back to happy wife, happy life. You do have to make some concessions. And whether it's the wife that wants to stay at home and relax, enjoy the house, or the husband, you have to have a plan together. But you need to have that discussion, figure out what what each other want to do. Um, And you need to make sure that you're on the same path. All right. Back to the mailbag. Alan, what's the best kind of annuity to buy? I don't want a bunch of stuff. Just one simple place to keep my money. I I guess the first thing that I would say is that you want to make sure that an annuity is the is the right tool for what you want or what you're trying to accomplish. There are a multitude of annuities out there. There's good annuities. There's bad annuities, just like there's good mutual funds. There's bad mutual funds. You just want to make sure that you're getting what you need. First and foremost, I think you need to realize that an annuity, like any other investment, is just a tool. So it's going to be, it's going to have certain things that it that it will do better than other things. So you want to make sure that it's again the proper tool for what you're trying to accomplish. But if you're trying to keep money safe, you're trying to create income. Typically, what we look at for those types of uh, jobs, we're looking for something like an indexed annuity. 
an indexed annuity is kind of a hybrid between the variable annuities and the fixed annuities. So they, you have the potential to make money when the market goes up, but when the market goes down, you can't lose anything. But the amount that you can make on the upside is limited. So you're giving up some of that upside growth potential for that downside safety. So normally, if we're going to use an annuity in somebody's planning, then we're looking at some type of either fixed annuity or fixed indexed annuity. Yeah. One thing that I would kind of elaborate on is just making sure it's a fit for your plan. This person sounds like kind of a lot of people that I run into that go to a lot of the dinner events because a lot of these advisors that host these dinner events are just selling a product. They're talking about that product. And I always pick out the prospective clients that sit down with me because they have, well, I can always pick out the ones that go to a ton of dinner events because they have annuity from this guy, annuity from that, a different guy, annuity from somebody else. And they, they've just went to these events and bought different things. Instead of sitting down with an advisor and building out a plan and choosing investments based on what fits in their plan. So that's what I would recommend to this person is sit down with an advisor, call us, let's go through our process and see what fits for you. And then we can make recommendations based on your own personal situation. All right. You're listening to Retirement 360 with your retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. They're financial advisors with Mercurio Wealth Advisors. If you're wondering why they know so much about these money questions, that's what they do for a living. 502-273-1188 if you want to contact them, 502-273-1188 and go to louisvillesretirementcoach.com so you can get contact info, more info on their their firm and find out about future events. We're going through the mailbag right now, people who have sent in questions. And this last one's a little tough. My mother just died and now I feel like all our family does is argue over what to do with her house and who will be in charge of what. My siblings and I are all in our 60s, but it feels like we're children again. I don't know if you can help us with our arguments, but can you please just tell people why it's so important to take care of these decisions ahead of time? Alan. Yeah, we talked about this in a previous segment when we talked about wills and trust and estate planning. And I think that that's the primary thing here. Now, in this situation, it kind of goes back to those previous comments is that there's nobody immune to this. I mean, I think that a lot of families end up going through this because they're either unaware of what mom wanted or unaware of of how things were supposed to go. A story comes to mind that my, my youngest son lives in Florida and works in the real estate business. And he told me a story about a family of, I think there was six of them, six siblings. And one of the siblings, which was kind of estranged from the family for years, came back into the picture when the mother passed away and this lady lived in a house in Florida, which real estate in Florida is probably got 10% higher in value just because it's in Florida. All of a sudden this family member that was estranged came back in and wanted to buy the house from everybody, but then he didn't want to pay the fair market value for it. And, you know, it's just on and on and on. So, and I think the answer that you're looking for is you want to make sure that you have a proper estate plan drawn up before you need it, obviously. Uh, and a proper estate plan is going to involve a will, a trust, and powers of attorney, and making sure that you have all of those things lined out that you want taken care of when something happens. In this particular family, I guess that hasn't happened. And I think a good point to think about here, even though the family may get along perfectly, which we've made that comment before that no, no family's immune to this type of behavior or, or this happening. But when you start to throw in spouses that are, you know, coming in from a different perspective, they may have a different thought about how they think things could go or should go. So you, you want to take every precaution to make sure that this doesn't happen. And by going through a process of putting together a will and a trust, proper powers of attorney and all that, I think that's the answer. And we've been doing this for really for our clients for the last 30 years. We put together a process that we call the Retirement 360 Game Plan that has multiple sections to it. The first part is really making sure your retirement plan is on track, the plan that you have, and making sure that if you stay the course, is it going to succeed? What's the probability of success there? And then we mirror that or show that, you know, kind of compare that with a retirement 360 game plan. What we would do if we were your coach, how we would prepare your plan 
to make sure that it's uh, going to have maybe a little bit higher probability of success. Included in that Retirement 360 game plan is an income plan. That income plan is going to tell you when Social Security should come on, what type of options you should take on your pension if you have one, how to create a pension if you don't have one, all of the things that you're going to need as far as an income plan as to where your income is going to come from for the next 30 or 40 years. That's what we're trying to do with that planning. When you start talking about income, taking income out of investments, you got to look and consider the tax side of that so that we prepare a tax map for our clients as well, making sure that if taxes do go up in the future, how is that going to affect your plan? What's some things that you can do to kind of mitigate some of that against your plan? And then part of that process is sitting down with an attorney, looking at your will, your trust and powers of attorney. If you don't have those, making sure that you at least consider those as part of your planning uh, so that when this happens, your family's less likely to fall apart trying to decide how the assets are going to be divided. So give us a call at 502-273-1188. We'd love to sit down with you. This is a complimentary uh, offer. So if you call in and, and go through that process, hopefully this won't happen to your family. All right, this has been Retirement 360. That was your retirement coaches, Alan Mercurio and Troy Bolton. They're financial advisors with Mercurio Wealth Advisors. Again, the phone number 502-273-1188 and the website Louisville's retirementcoach.com. Troy and Alan, thank you so much for your time. We'll have to do it again next weekend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. This has been Retirement 360. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions on how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Donald Allen Mercurio and Troy Bolton are investment advisor representatives of Mercurio Wealth Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any client experiences discussed during the show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. Mercurial Wealth Advisors is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any governmental agency and does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance licensed in Kentucky and Indiana.